Welcome to Boss Radio Live, everyone. Welcome to Boss Radio Live. I'm your host, NJ, and this is where he is the boss of me. Thank you for joining us on the show today. It's going to be a really good show, especially for those who are in leadership uh, positions, who are running their own businesses. This is going to be a great show to watch. So, it's going to be a good one, you guys. Coming right up, our guest today is Maureen Jim. Uh, so coming right up, we will hear from her. And I, I can't wait. I'm excited. It's Boss Radio Live with NJ, your three-dimensional podcast. Baltimore, Maryland. I love my city. Wow. You have to have balance. Come meet me today at the Spirit Club. I want to hear what you have to say. Again, welcome to Boss Radio Live. So as I said, today our guest is Maureen Jim, and she's going to be talking about leadership and her amazing uh, organization company that she has uh, that... I love the name. It's called Emerge Leadership Academy. So anyway, I can't wait to uh, bring her up. But in case you have never heard of Maureen, here is a little about her. Maureen Ross Jim, ex-corporate girl, motorcycle adventurer, speaker, coach, and leadership trainer. Since 1985, Maureen has beat the odds to become a fearless and confident recovering alcoholic and drug addict. After 30 years in corporate America and two years life coaching, Maureen founded Emerge Leadership Academy LLC in 2015 to help create the leaders the world craves. Her online digital course, Recovery at Work, helps people who are ready to step up in their career and create a happier life. Whether through her online courses or as your private coach, Maureen is dedicated to helping you become a more competent, conscious, and caring leader. Awesome. Welcome, my guest, everyone. Welcome to the show, Maureen. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. That was so cool, that little introduction you did. I'm like, wow, I got to like steal that and use it on my own website. Hey, you can have it. I'll send it to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It was That was beautiful. Thanks. I'm so glad to have you on because I think people really underestimate, one, the power of good leadership. And two, the role leadership has not 
even just in, you know, because we we have business owners who watch the show, but not even just if you're running a business, but having those kind of leadership capabilities in your life, uh, when you're leading your life and when you're leading your family and all of that, like it's great to have that those leadership capabilities kind of locked down. So I think this is a really good topic. So I thank you for joining us today. Thanks. You know, it really is true that any kind of, if you're going to be a leader in the world, it starts with self-leadership, right? And really owning who you are, understanding all of that. Um, Not only that, but then you develop yourself, then you can develop others. And a lot of times, even if you're not, quote, developing others, you can be a good role model. Being a role model for everyone in your family is super important, right? Yes, absolutely. So in the intro video, we were talking about your past and and the amazing thing that you have done, which is, you know, definitely beat the odds to become a recovering addict um, many, many years now. So can we talk a bit about that and talk about your personal journey and how you moved from that to what you're doing now? Sure. Yeah. Cause it has been a journey. It's been a lifetime, right? Um, yeah, I, I had good beginnings. My, my, <laughs> it's called Irish Catholic. My mom and dad had six kids in like eight and a half years. Okay. <laughs> and I was number three. And so I was just one of the pack, you know, I, I was um, right in the middle. I was told what to do, what to wear, what to say, what not to say, when to be in bed, what to eat. You know what I'm saying? So so I just was one of the pack for a long time. Then when I got into my teenage years, well, a lot of our job as teenagers is to break away from our parents. And I had no idea who I was, but I wanted to be liked and I wanted to fit in. So I started doing what basically everybody else was doing in my generation, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Like that was the era. Right. Um, but it was, it was a scary time though, because, um, there was so much, you know, there was not a lot of regulations, a lot of drugs out there. A lot of people were doing it and it was, I got caught up in all of that. So I barely graduated high school, but I did. And I moved like 13 times between the ages of 17 and 25. And I was constantly running from from chaos that I was creating in my life. I was constantly trying to find my potential and who I was. And it wasn't easy for me because I had this habit, this very bad habit, which lowered my self-esteem. I really couldn't stand myself. I had no idea who I was but I knew I had more potential. So I moved. I thought maybe the reason why my life was so screwed up was because my father was an alcoholic or this boss was a jerk or that boyfriend really hurt me. Or you see all the things I was just blaming people, places and things. And then because I live in Connecticut, I said, I got to get out of here. And I moved to Texas. And then I got a bunch of different jobs there and things kind of improved for a while. But the truth is I created all the same chaos because I brought myself with me, right? You bring yourself wherever you go. And so if you see the same patterns, then there's a pretty good clue that the the issue may not be with all those things you keep blaming, right? Mm -hmm. So I did reach out for help and I did 
turn like my will and my life over to the care of God as, as I understood him. And I really revamped everything in my life. I was 24 years old. I started, I didn't hang around with those people anymore. I got a whole new friend set. I did join a 12 step program and I got the support I needed. I also went to therapy and I came home about two years sober back to Connecticut and I got my first corporate job. And then I just was off and running. I fell in love. I started a family. I had a fantastic career and I learned so much because I dove into personal growth and development, but it's not, you know, it wasn't easy, but I had the support that I really needed to go through all of the pain and feel the feelings that I had been avoiding, right, for all those years. But here I was, 25 years old, in a corporate environment. And when you first get sober, what they say is, and it's, it's, it was true for me, that you pretty much have the maturity, emotional maturity, of the same age of when you started drinking. So I was kind of like a 13-year-old, <laughs> A 25 year old body and my inner thought system, you know, all that inner critic was going wild saying I was an imposter and nobody, you know, what if they find out and I, I could, you know, I could lose my job, you know, all that stuff that I'm not good enough. I'm not, you know, smart enough. I'm not capable enough. And so it took years and years of reprogram myself and complete and, and, and continuing to ask you know, my higher power for, for help and guidance through it all. But it's been an amazing road. And now I know who I am now. <laughs> now yes. I'm clear. Yeah. Absolutely. We can tell by the way that you're now helping others that, that you're clear on yourself. Thank you. <laughs> um, so you mentioned a couple of things when you were speaking, which I think are really um, important and wanted to talk about those just a little more. You talked about the fact of kind of facing everything, you know, that you that you've gone through in order to deal with it, because I think um, last our last guest was actually talking about trauma. Oh, yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of fear and a lot of trauma. I I put myself through it. So that means years of forgiveness, getting it out of your body, right? And there's a lot of tools that we have to um, forgive ourselves, forgive our our perpetrators, all, all of it. Wow. What, what was the biggest thing you learned from that guest about trauma? The biggest thing I learned is that there are ways that, so she teaches how to use yoga to deal with it. Nice. But one of the things when she was talking, she was like, the whole thing about yoga is actually it brings you to like this kind of place of peace within yourself. Mm -hmm. She's like, but it's not just used for trauma. And I was like, well, what do you mean that she's saying like it, it was used for um, like people who have health, con you know, conditions, um, people who have all sorts of things. like she named all of this stuff. And I was like, so they are literally like, you know, sex of yoga that are kind of for these particular things. And she said, yes, because they'll deal with those individual things to be able to help um, the people. So even for like me, you know, I deal with, you know, I have like high blood pressure and some things going on with me. And so I could literally go and see someone who could concentrate 
on the things that I'm dealing with to be able to help me. But like she was saying, the the most important part is that it's all kind of bringing us um, back to that place of really being mindful and like that meditation spot where we're really insightful and looking within ourselves. And, and we were talking about the fact that people do not do that enough. Like they, they live with what's going on with them, but they don't, kind of go inside their self to deal with it. Yeah, that is, I think, the number one thing for self-care that that I do is it's not yoga per se, but I meditate every Mm -hmm. single morning, going within, clearing that space, because when you can get your head and your heart and your body all in alignment, if you're not in alignment with all of that, your body will tell you. And it creates disease if you're stuffing down your emotions. That somatic, you know, trauma that we might I might have had when I was three years old, <clears throat> excuse me, is um, it's very real and it holds on. And I don't know about you, NJ, but you know, in I've been studying a lot about racism, anti-racism specifically, and reading a lot of books. And we hold trauma in our body from past, you know, from what do we call it? Past, um, like our ancestors and our past peoples, you know, it comes down. It's not something that's easily gotten rid of. And so it's really important to take care of ourselves, not just mentally, but physically and emotionally as well. Yes. And you actually made a statement, the same exact statement that that guest made, which is about that alignment. She said the same exact thing. We're we're all healers in our way. (laughs) We all have the same stuff. (laughs) Yes. And and it's really important for what you mentioned, which is that emotional kind of our emotional intelligence. Um, I think that is underrated, too. Yeah. That's one of the things I'm teaching now. And it's so fun. It's so fun. Yeah. Because we don't talk about this all the time, right? Especially at work. Oh, a lot of personality types say emotions have no place at work. Like, you know, um, leave your emotions at the door. Um, And I say, you know, just check your ego at the door and then we'll be good. (laughs) We're all emotional beings. We're going to, we're going to feel people will feel there's a lot of times we can put on the persona, the, you know, the, the mask at work and be professional and all that stuff, but we're human. And we found that out, didn't we? During the pandemic and during COVID, we cannot just stuff all that stuff anymore. We have to be able to share it and feel our feelings and, and then go about our day, but it's okay. So that's what now um, is the difference between really toxic leadership and healthy transformational leadership um, is, Mm -hmm. is the way that we treat people. Yes. Transformational leadership, I think is really uh, amazing because the, the investment that you kind of make into the people that you're leading, I think is really important. So I, I I love talking about transformational leadership because, you know, gone are the days where it's just do what I told you to do and whatever, whatever I say goes and all of that. It's more about collaboration and, you know, that teamwork, me, 
respecting you, you respecting me kind of thing. And then us being invested, not just in the future of maybe whatever company, but in, in the future of the employee being invested in them. Uh, oh, yeah. There's three ways that we influence people, right? We have, we can influence people with our, our, our title, our role. Well, I'm your boss, so do what I say. And we only want to use that about 20% of the time. And mostly it's when you're just a parent. I'm your mother. That's why. <laughs> but then we also have our knowledge. We have certain levels of expertise. I can also influence people by saying, listen, I, I'm an expert in this. You should listen to me, change the formula. Here's why. And people will listen to me because they know I'm an expert and that sort of thing. We want to use that about 30% of the time. So if we're only using our title, 20%, and our knowledge and expertise, 30% to influence people, what's the other 50%? It's our personality. We want to influence people with our personality. That means, you know, leadership, the leadership skills that I think are transformational leadership, honesty and integrity, trust, building that trust, which means you respect and you are respected. You're caring, compassionate. You listen to other people. And there are times when you need to have empathy, right? When somebody can't work because they're too emotional for whatever reason, it's better to listen with empathy because then they can talk about solutions instead of just telling them what to do or giving them advice. You listen with empathy, then people can sort of get back to work. If you don't, they're just going to stew, right? They're not going to do it. And then you also have reliability, dependability, being approachable, friendly, um, being there for your people really is it's it's not underrated it's not it's it's not underrated or overrated how do you say that but <laughs> it's not overrated it, it's it's what keeps people loyal to you and following mm -hmm. you and doing what you want them to do and they think it's their idea mm -hmm. that, right that's what it really and are happy is. about it and are happy about it and they tell other people and do some recruiting at the same time i get you yeah awesome <laughs> <laughs> All right. I love it. I love it. So, you know, you've already shown me what an amazing teacher you are just by what you have said in the last few minutes. But I wanted to talk about that, that uh, journey from you, you know, working on yourself to becoming the teacher. So how did that happen? Well, because um, I was on a path of personal growth and development, um, I'm a strong believer that when you develop yourself personally, you develop yourself professionally, like you will just naturally. But so as I did that, you can only work on your, well, you can work on yourself only so much before it's like, you're ready to give it away, right? When you, when you clear out all the wreckage of your past, you're ready to help other people to do it. So I did that in the community for a long time and, you know, in the, in the AA community. And then I started doing it at work, mentoring other people. I joined Toastmasters for many years and I did that, um, helped other people to have public speaking abilities and really get over their fear because that's what it is, right? We all have these fears and we hold ourselves back. But the more you help people to um, get past their fears and have confidence in them, you're developing them in whatever way they want to develop. It's not like you're developing them. They're developing themselves with help from us, from people like you and me. And as I continued to grow and develop my family, I decided to go back to school. 
So I got my undergraduate degree in psychology, and then I got my master's in education. So I learned how to really understand how people learn, how they get into learning. And then I started training trainers at at the Harvard, where I worked for 27 years in my corporate job. I actually loved my corporate job. And now as an entrepreneur for nine years, um, I started training. I decided I wanted to train leaders because I believe so much in these leadership skills. And I've, I've come across a lot of good leaders in my career, but I've come across a few really bad ones. And I'll tell you what, it's like a negative statement. You know, you, you, you hear 10 people say, you did great, Maureen. And you hear one person say, you're just full of crap. And you, and what do you focus on? Oh, I am full of, well, how could somebody think that about me? Right? Because I'm going to share this really quickly because there's two things that we all have. I don't care where you were raised or how you were raised or what culture you're in. We have a fear that we're not going to be loved as small, tiny people, a fear that we won't be loved and a fear that we're not enough. And as we grow and our parents continue to condition us to say, you're bad when you do this and you're good when you do that, we're, we're programmed on how to please them, the people that we want to like us. Because if we don't, what do we get? We get negative you know, we get punishment or whatever it is. And so we get conditioned that we need to please other people and we need to really, um, you know, fear that we're not enough or strive for more to always become more to get those A's and all that, that stuff to please other people. So suddenly now most people they're in midlife and they've been people pleasing. Some of us have been people pleasing all our lives. And then we have a midlife crisis because suddenly the kids are gone and we realize what am I doing with my life or in my relationship? Or, you know, suddenly something crashes like a job, right? You lose something, you go through some kind of transformation and you realize, I am sick of trying to please people all the time, or I'm so filled with fear. I never even realized it. And mm. that's what the work is when we do that deep work. And that's what I started to do to help people. I started to do that kind of coaching because I did it in my twenties. So I got, I had a lot of experience with helping people to look at that. And a lot of it has to do, or a big tool there is forgiveness and planning for your future and living in the moment. So how do you do all that? <laughs> Take care of your past, plan for the future, but live in the moment. Like it's all, it's a, it's a crazy balance, but it does work when you allow yourself to just go through a process and that process, it sometimes takes years. It just does. Mm -hmm. And we, we have to be compassionate with ourselves and learn not to listen to that inner critic that it's just, that, that tells you, you should be afraid or you don't go for that job. You're not qualified or that sort of thing. So does that answer your question? I'm not sure. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how I got into training yeah. and coaching. <laughs> yes, it far exceeded just okay. the answer to my question. I love it. I was going to say my husband makes a joke about, um, I think the movie is called In Inside Out or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, with all the feelings. <laughs> yes, and it's there great. are people in your head. And so he's like, yeah. you know, sometimes... He has to bring me, center me by telling me, stop listening to the people. In your, in there your you go. Oh, you got a good husband. God bless you. you so I love it. it. It just makes me laugh. And I'm like, okay, all right. I was going off on the ledge. Okay, got it. Yeah. But bring I, it back in. 
to yeah. hold it down. Because, you know, really, <laughs> there's a little girl in there. There's a little person in all of us that is constantly telling us it's not okay or it's not enough. And we have to reprogram that. We have to love ourselves and reprogram that to say, yeah, we are enough. Yes, I can be a good leader. Yes, I can step in and care about other people besides myself. And that's what we have to do. First, we have to do it for ourselves, and then we can do it for others. Wow. And so a leader, once, you know, they learn all of this. So now you're saying this is what they should be maybe imparting to their staff? Is well, that what we're saying? I think, um, you know, there's lots of ways to do that, right? There's there's, it depends is the answer, right? It always depends, but there's so much that goes into leadership. So one of the things that I do is I teach people um, how to use the everything disc with, it's a Wiley and Sons brand. I'm an authorized partner. And what I do is I train leadership teams and also teams, regular teams, people, individual contributors, if you will. Mm -hmm. And what, on what their personality is like at work. But we have to remember that personality is only one part. So we have, you know, we have values, we have personality, we have beliefs, we have skills, we have culture, we have different families we come from. So there's a lot to who you are as a person. And we have traumas and we, we, we can't see those things on the outside. You don't even know. But sometimes we're at work and somebody will come over and throw something on my desk and say, I want this by four o'clock. And you're like, you're thinking to yourself, who the hell are you? You know, you can't just come over. You're not even the boss of me, you know, like <laughs> because of the way they communicated it. But we have no idea what they might have been dealing with in their family life that morning or what's going on in their life or all the pain that might've been pushed down that they're just not dealing with. And we take things personally. So there's that, there's that kind of balance. So I teach people not only how to understand their personality, their strengths, but also what stresses them out and what are they most naturally, emotionally, um, what their emotional mindsets are based on their personality. And then you can then get out of yourself and say, okay, well, I know I'm this personality type. And I also know enough to know that you're that personality type. So I'm going to have so much more knowledge of my team members and how to deal with them, communicate to them, delegate to them, motivate them, develop them, right? And mm -hmm. even and even manage my boss. Mm -hmm. I have heard that term before. <laughs> yes. But you know, it's nothing derogatory. It no it to me, you know, the way the way you just put it and the way I understand it is you're more so managing their personality. Like the person who they are, you're managing that well, you know, not them because you're not their boss but but well when you when you come across as just oh i'm just going to be my authentic self and say i'm i'm a very outgoing enthusiastic optimistic high-spirited lively bubbly friendly you know person and if i'm like that all the time and i have a boss that's very non-emotional precision analytical based system processing, you know, and in his head all the time. And I, you know, I'm saying opposite. So I say he, um, the opposite of me, 
I'm not going to want to walk in his office and say, hi, how you doing? Guess what I did this week? And I got a puppy. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> if you know that about your boss, you're going to use that emotional intelligence. You're going to walk in and say, I have all the details. Here's a summary. What, what is, what do you want to drill down? Here's my questions. Here's what I need from you. Boom, boom, boom. And it's logically organized. I'm not going to be random all over the place, creative, like I want to be. And I'm naturally inclined to be, I'm going to be very organized and focused because I'm going to get so much more out of him. I'm going to get better decisions. I'm going to get quicker help. I'm going to get what I need if I know how to approach him. Do you see what I mean? You just helped a whole lot of people. (laughs) (laughs) That example right there, you just helped a whole lot of people. And that's just one example. And there's two, those are just two different types. Then there's the other two types because there's four altogether. And some people are a combination of two. And honestly, we have all of the types within us. So it is a really, um, it's a really deep, but, fantastic tool. And also, you know, when I train, I also provide, there's a system, it's called Catalyst. And so when folks, after they get their training, they can go back online and they can compare themselves for, to, to this colleague, or they can compare where they are with that colleague. And what we're doing when we're comparing is saying, okay, on the scale of structured and unstructured, you know, there's a linear scale there. I might be really unstructured and my boss might be really structured. Now I can see that right out loud. I can, I can know if this person's open-minded and this person's sort of on the middle of the scale to, you know, really wants more uh, system, you know, step by step. And so this way we can really know our colleagues a whole lot better without being too invasive. And yet, you know, having to know all the personal details, but but also know where I can, you know, break out with a joke if I want to, or, or, you know, really harness the skills of the team members so you can provide awesome products and services to your clients or that, you know, that sort of thing. Get things done. The way you delegate makes a huge difference, doesn't it? It's so very important. And it does. It makes a difference with the the whole culture, the whole atmosphere of, of the job and, and the team. Yeah. That's what it's yeah. all about is making that culture mm-hmm. yeah. open and inviting and everybody knows where they stand, but it's not meant to pigeonhole. So just cause I know that Sarah's really good with spreadsheets doesn't mean that I'm always going to delegate all the spreadsheet work to her. <laughs> like everybody needs to grow a little, or just because I know that like, somebody like me, Maureen might be super, you know, outgoing and wants to plan the party. It's okay to get the Sarah's involved who are always in their cubicle, never looking at it, you know, to let them give you on the team to help because, um, we need all viewpoints and you need everybody to get out of their comfort zone every once in a while, uh, to that's how we grow. We get out of our comfort zone and we grow a little more. doesn't mean we can't step back into our comfort zone, but then when we step out, it's not as uncomfortable. We get practice with doing it, right? Awesome. Oh, this is so good. But yeah, so this is really great information. I hope all of you out there listening are really taking this to heart and definitely with some of these examples and things that Maureen is talking about today. Oh my gosh, so good, so good. 
Okay, so I have a couple of questions um, that I think would be really helpful to my audience. Um, so if if someone is like just coming into maybe a brand new business and they're they're kind of put into this leadership role, or maybe they just got a nice promotion on the job and now they have to oversee humans. <laughs> Talk to us about, you know, what are some some leadership traits that maybe they need to think about or consider as a new leader? Yep. I think the most important thing is to, um, yes, you have to step into the identity that you are the leader now without becoming a bossy boss, right? Yes, you have to delegate the assignments. Yes, you need to learn about what everybody's doing and set the bar for the behavior so that that we know, are they above the bar or are they below the bar? And do you need to do performance management? So as you're doing that, I would say, be gentle with yourself and open yourself up it's okay to be vulnerable. You do not have to know everything right off the bat. It's okay to say, um, I, just tell me all about your job. This is what I think you do. What do you really do? Oh, maybe we're not on the same page with these two activities. I'll take this off. Or I'd really like you to do this. Can you do it? And thank you. Please explain things to me. Don't assume that I know because I don't. You need to educate me along the way. And I'm, you know, I'm open. Tell them about how to communicate with you so that they know, right, that you are um, open, approachable, or maybe you're one of those type of people that says, listen, I there's so much stuff I have to still get done, but I'm always open between two and four. It's kind of like open office hours if you're a professor. You know, there's always times that you can come into my office, but you have to match your, you know, what you say you're doing. So if you see somebody coming and then you shut the office door, <laughs> that's going to give a double message. But, you know, honestly, just being yourself, being uh, real, that's what people want. They don't need a bossy boss. They just want, and unless you're training someone, then you're going to have to have be more hands-on, hand-holding. But it depends what kind of environment you're in. I've taught a lot of leaders in manufacturing who were, um, they have to tell people all the time what to do. And it's it's not as fun, not near as fun. It's not leadership. It's more like just making sure you get the widgets built, you know? Um, and so that's a little bit harder to do leadership when you're just managing um, the, the kind of drudgery work. But you can do it in a way, once you learn who your people are, you can really assign them tasks that they want to do. And then everybody's happier. That's great advice. I hope everyone took notice of that. And that's really great advice for uh, a new leader. That's great advice for any leader. <laughs> Thank you. And, yeah. And we never stop learning, right? We never stop learning. So there's so much that you can learn from your kids and there's so much you can learn from your people. Yes, absolutely. Maureen, this has been, can you believe like a half an hour? I know. <laughs> it goes by so fast. Doesn't it? <laughs> wow. So I always like to say thank you for, you know, talking about the new leaders, but just in general, what do you want to leave our audience with today? What do you think is, is one of the or two of the biggest things that you really think you, you want them to hold on to? Okay. So a little bit of self-promotion, not really self-promotion, but if you go to my website, you can take this like seven um 
seven question quiz that will tell you what animal best represents your leadership style. And you'll learn a little bit about the leadership styles when you get your report. If you want the full report, you can find that information too. And there's one other thing. I do have also a really awesome uh, seven uncommon steps to get a promotion at work that most people never think of. So sign up for that. It's all free on my website, EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com. Absolutely. So as you guys see, I put the link up there. I love a freebie. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited. Uh, Go to the website, get the freebie, you guys. So if people, Maureen, want to work with you, let's talk a little bit about that. Um, How do you do your classes? Are they online or? Well, right now, um, because I'm in recovery, I've, I've kind of picked a target market and I'm working with leadership teams in recovery organizations, like addiction recovery organizations on how to grow the leadership team, how to really create that culture where your top talent does never wants to leave. Okay. So that's happening, but you can find out about my programs on my website, on the personality at work page. And I also work with individuals. I'm a coach and I help individuals. Many times they are mid management level and they're looking to get to the next level in their leadership. And I have a, um, it's like a 12 week program, a three month, four month program. It's really like a four month program. And you go through a series of eight modules of online sort of, um, but one a week for a while as we work through it together and then meeting with me. And that helps so much because when you're doing this deep inner work on yourself to have a coach, to have somebody to not only witness your transformation, but help you to, you know, catapult or instead of just taking the, you take a bunch of baby steps and then you catapult over a whole bunch of obstacles. And there, those kinds of transformations are just absolutely magical to see. And they don't, often happen on your own. You'd need to have somebody by your side to help you um, to that's been through it, you know, hundreds of times with, with many people. And that is so much fun. So if you do that, that, that particular um, opportunity is called recovery at work. That's what I call it because I'm into recovery and it, 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 I'd say about 60% of my clients are recovering um, alcoholics and addicts, but 40% are not. They're just recovering from some sort of childhood trauma, or maybe they had parents who are addicts, or, you know, they're just working through, I'm ready for this transition. I'm tired of the way I've been living. I'm sick of that. And I'm ready for something new and better. Um, And again, when you have a step-by-step process, it really helps you to make those a little bit of movements. And you know what I call that? Those little bit of movements, the shifts in our mindset and the shifts in our spirit, those are miracles. That's what they are. When you can change a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, and then suddenly, you know, something opens up within you. Those are what I think are the little miracles about how we become step into the next best version of who we know we can be in our life. And that is just inspirational to everybody in your life. And then you can make a much bigger impact in the world. Wow. So you guys can see how amazing Maureen is. (laughs) All the great information. She has the knowledge 
I love it. Uh, so definitely check out Maureen's website. Also, she's Thank on you. Facebook and uh, on Instagram, Emerge Leadership. Emerge Emergent leadership. You know, they weren't all the same thing was not available on every every team, I was like, but... wait. <laughs> that's not the same. No. <laughs> I couldn't do Check it. Out. But that's all right. No, you can okay. find me Check if you out. go to my website. Yes, <laughs> that too. Yes. Yes. All right. So thank you, Maureen. This has been amazing. Thank you thank so you, much. Lindsay. Thank you. A it's really a great people. platform that you have here. And I'm so glad you're helping other people to make the best out of their lives because it's not easy coming on here and doing these live broadcasts and making everything beautiful like that introduction. Like I really commend you for it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Ah, wonderful show. Wonderful show. Thank you to my guest, Maureen, once again. That was really amazing. Well, you guys, another great show. I've had so many here lately. It's been really, really great. Um, some great information that we talked about in today's show. So please be sure to hit replay. Listen to it again. Uh, share the episode so that people can hear that because leadership skills are a definite must, not just in business, not just at work, but in your life. So thank you all for joining me again. And until next time, guys, stay boss.